and welcome to Off the Shelf Reviews. I'm not sure I want to go to the Forbidden Zone. And I'm Gary. And today we're going to review and discuss Freeway, which came out in 1996. Written and directed by Matthew Bright. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, the story follows Reese Witherspoon's character, Vanessa. Her parents have just been arrested and she decides that she's going to go on a massive road trip to Grandma's house. Along the way, she meets up with Kiefer Sutherland's character, Bob, and the two of them get into some madcap misadventures. Oh, God. Dear God, that was so fucking bad. But I was at a loss, so I left it up to you. So this was originally an HBO production, and then the film went to Sundance Film Festival. Yeah. And it did fairly well there. So well in went to Sundance Film Festival. Yeah. And it did fairly well there. So well, in fact, that HBO ensured that this film eventually got a theatrical release. And it was really there that people started to uh, show their disappointment uh, or their disapproval of some of the contents of this movie. And that was when producer Oliver Stone was just like, yeah, we've made something good here. <laughs> now, there was surprisingly little information, like backstory, I could find uh, about this film, other than the fact that Kiefer Sutherland originally read the part and then refused it wow. multiple times, and it was only until producer Oliver Stone convinced Kiefer Sutherland that he should do this part. And I have to say, this film, you know, when you look at the front cover of this film, yeah. you immediately go, no thanks. Like, pass. It looks so damn generic. It is one of the most generic 1990s DVD covers out there. And it's yeah. so easy to see why this film got lost in the shuffle. And it's a real damn shame. Yeah, like, never heard of this film before. It's like, okay, it's got Reese Witherspoon in it and it's Kiefer Sutherland. Well, Kiefer Sutherland was midpoint of his career. You know, he hadn't hit 20 and was midpoint of his career you know he hadn't hit 24 just yet so he hadn't become a household name again reese witherspoon she hadn't gone legally blonde so she's still just a fledgling she hadn't gone legally blonde so she's still just a fledgling actress she'd she had wasn't a couple even parts. 20 i think at this point yeah and looking at it like gary said you look at the front cover and you're just like nah that looks like a made for tv type movie just looks kind of boring generic but at the same time, I was just like, there's got to be something in there because these are two really good actors and actresses, you know. And then obviously when we looked into the research of the other people in the movie, it was just like, okay, I have to see this. You know, we've got like Amanda Plummer. We've got Brittany Murphy. We've got Michael T. Weiss, who you might know from How Brittany Murphy. We've got Michael T. Weiss, who you might know from Howling 4. We've got... Bokeem Woodbine, you know, there's this, we've got Dan Hedaya, you know, from Blood Simple and, and the Colonel from Alien Resurrection. I'm like, this is, this is quite a lineup of people. So I need to know how this all plays out. Now, the intro to the film is also very giving in terms of telling you what this story is about. And it is the fairy tale. It's a reinterpretation of Little Red Riding Hood. Man, that music at the beginning. Oh, that music, it's so discordant. <laughs> and so it is like... A... At the beginning. Oh, that music, it's so discordant. <laughs> and so it is like a fairy tale that's been thrown into a horrific blender. Yeah. <laughs>
he got like that choir and it, they're ju it's just the notes that they're hitting and that's so fast and the music it's all over the place well that's it i was researching it and it was like okay so the director is really close friends with danny elfman yes and and his brother and they all like worked together as like a like a musical trope back in the day and made this other movie, Forbidden Zone, which I ended up wikiing, and I that's like a whole other video. But then it obviously it came back to them helping out Matthew Bright, and so I'm listening to this music, and I'm like, this doesn't sound like Danny Elfman, you know? This sounds like somebody else they got in, but there must be something there because mixing that with the images of the wolf chasing scantily clad women <laughs> i was like well okay well it kind of sets the tone for the film going in <laughs> and and it's the first scene in the film as well where we get introduced to vanessa lutz played by reese witherspoon and she's like at school yeah and we we can see that she's clearly struggling to read from the board <laughs> she's absolutely illiterate yeah um, and so she's been held back in school, I think, with the other delinquents. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 this classroom completely just paints a picture of, you know, these kids are just living rough. It, it, it really just sets up the Vanessa character, though, especially then when we see her relationships and then when she comes home and we get to see the, you know, her upbringing in her, her, her life. Yeah, like mum, Amanda Plummer playing Rhonda and, and her stepdad, Larry. Like, you, the, the way the film is, uh, you know, filmed, it really comes across like documentary types, urban style. You know, like the cameraman, you know, the director is right there with them, walking them through the streets. But at the same time, Reese Witherspoon's like over the top accent and her acting like started to grate on me within the first 10 minutes. But I was so happy for her to try to, you know, build this story and relationship with like Amanda Plummer, who's, you know, she's she's on the street selling herself and... Like, when she climbs in the window of the car and bends over, I'm like, does the cameraman really need to be that far? <laughs> does he? Hey, motherfucker. <laughs> you want some company? Yeah. Oh. And then you're cutting back to inside the apartment where Larry, you know, like I said, the guy from Howling 4, people, he is properly acting. Like, he smokes a crack pipe and tries it on with Vanessa because he's supposed to be this sleazy, pedophile fucking stepdad. And I totally buy it. Because he's a dick. <laughs> you know, don't it bother you your own wife bring off all them strange guys for money? I make her use mouthwash after. Oh, you like that minty fresh taste, huh, Larry? You know something, Vanessa Lutz? I'm getting ready to take a seriously big shit right on top of that pointy little head of yours. Now, going back to what you were saying about Reese Witherspoon as well is... I um I don't like Reese Witherspoon movies. Yeah. Like I I'll like give me Walk the Line. Yeah. yeah a bit yeah. of American Psycho, but it's not a Reese Witherspoon movie. Uh but this one here, she grated on me as well, right from the get-go. <laughs> you know, she she said that she was exaggerating her natural accent for yeah. the role. Um and it wasn't really her her like I guess her potty mouth, because she swears every other word. I mean that didn't oh, bother yeah. me at all. Um it was the fact that I find Reese Witherspoon so completely artificial she feels like a fake she she i i 
I have to say, I thought she was a really good actress in this film. Really, really good. Right. But at the same time, I couldn't shake off the fact that she felt superficial. Like, everything she did and said seemed fake. Yeah, It yeah. felt like she was an actress playing an actress playing a part. Yes. You know? And it was it was just weird. But, but that's this, the, the thing with this film is that there is this whole off-kilter nature about it where you're like, it's part documentary. I'm like, it, it's part mockumentary. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and it, it's, it's such a weird... Like almost reality, but almost fairy tale, and you don't know which line you're on at certain points. Yeah, because the cops turn up. You know, they they they've they've busted the mum. You know, they're arresting her. They've caught Larry trying to on with Vanessa, so they're arresting him. You have that whole conversation piece between Vanessa and this cop, where Vanessa's just like, you know, thanks for coming over and ruining my life, and the cop's like, look, anything's better than this, and she's like, look, I can come and stay with you. And the cop's like, look, I just don't want you to. And Vanessa's like, well, fuck you too, bitch, you know. And then Conchata Farrell turns up, you know, another wonderful actress. But she's this brief part of the social services person. And she knows Vanessa. And Vanessa's just like, well, I can go stay with my grandma. Well, this is the first I've ever heard of grandma. And I'm like, yeah, it's probably just literally been written in the script about five minutes ago. And well, it's Red Riding Hood. I mean, she Red's got to go find Grandma. See, now that's that's it. The, 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 I kept getting this. It's like this is a dark portrayal of Red, Little Red Riding Hood. I'm like, no, <laughs> this is this is a girl whose life is so fucked up. She has to go live with Grandma. This is not a fairy tale at all. It's so dark and horrible. And gr- she locks the she locks the social services woman to the bed and grabs a basket and fills it with beer. And then walks out the house, and I'm like, okay, now I've, now I see, now I see the references. Steals the car and heads over to Chopper Woods' place, which is her boyfriend from the start of the movie. I think they're actually engaged, aren't they? Yeah, like, and she's like, look, like shit's gone down. I've got to, I'm gonna go to L.A. to see Grandma. Come with me. And he's like, well, I can't. I've got a parole hearing. I've got this and that. And she's like, well, here's a beer. Yeah. And he's like, well, here's a gun. Here's a gun. Sell <laughs> it. So you've got money when you get, got something when you get where you're going. And, and she drives off and she's so upset, you know, that, that was Chopper. That was her one love and everything. And I'm like, okay, is this supposed to be funny? Because I'm finding it more funny than exactly. dark Exactly. That is the weird nature of this film is that it's because of its quirks. Yeah. Because of its slightly off balance reality it appears funny and i found that the film really carefully builds up that comedy as it goes so it becomes more outrageous as it it goes on it totally did because like just after she turns the corner some some uh gang uh gangsters that have just had their problem with chopper come driving around the corner and gun him down in the street but like he gets hit once and then has this elongated death sequence on the floor and I'm like I don't know how I feel about that like am I sad that now Chopper's dead okay Vanessa carries on driving and immediately our car breaks down and she's checking it out and another car pulls up and outsteps Kiefer Sutherland now he just looks off well honestly it was at this point in the film where this is the only momentum drop in the film for me where I was so invested in this Vanessa character, even though yeah. I kind of didn't like her. I started to <laughs> yeah, feel yeah. I, I started to feel sorry for her that's it, that's at, at the very least. And so like we know this is a Red Riding Hood story. We know there's gonna be a wolf at some point. 
And we've already heard on the, the news that there is like an I-95 killer. Yes. You know, there's a serial killer killing women off the freeway and uh, in L.A. And so, like, alarm bells are ringing. We kind of know Kiefer Sutherland's going to be this serial killer. Uh, but he's just like, no, oh, you know, I look after boys. I, I do this retreat. Um, you know, the, the mental well-being of he people. He really builds up this character. Like a psychologist. Yeah, Kiefer Sutherland is sat there. And that's what really started to get me back into investing in the movie. Past, you know, Reese Witherspoon's annoying voice, you know, or how dark or funny some of the situations were. I'm, I've got acting again. Yeah, like, no, I, I, but I will also say, like, the first four minutes, I think, of them two in the car, just the beginning dialogues, mm. I zoned out of the movie almost entirely. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I... It, 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 it was either Kiefer Sutherland's, like, it was his mild-mannered nature. I don't know, the two of them, for me, to begin with, seemed to lack chemistry. Yes. It's something a, yeah. just wasn't working. I mean, I know the film was trying to illustrate that something's off about him, but it put me off the film for a couple of minutes, which is a shame. What started to creep me out, though, was, like like you said, there was no chemistry at first, and it was a bit off. And I, I, I'd spoiled it for myself, so I kind of knew where this was going. But when he stopped, and they got food, and they're having a friendly time, I'm like... Okay, now I'm feeling that they're getting on a bit, but he walks her like down, I don't know, down a little walkway along a pier or something, and he's talking to her about the relationship with her stepdad. Like he's a psychologist, he's really invested. And I'm starting to really believe in in this Vanessa character. I'm starting to believe that Reese Witherspoon has got this past history. I'm like, wow, this is really good acting. And he starts to question her about the sexual nature with her stepdad, and I'm like how far are we going with this movie? Like, you're really going into, like, proper territory where these actors are going to have to properly invest in the believability to their background. But it's the way he kind of steps behind her at this point and puts his hands on her shoulders that I'm like, that's not a normal psychologist thing to do when you're talking about the sexual nature that you had with your step-parents. Yeah, well, he's completely trapped her, but he's also, yeah. you know, enabled... Uh, her to build this trust in him yes. so that it doesn't come across that way. And, and I, so, yeah, you know, it, it's a cat now playing with a mouse and it, she's completely trapped by him. And that's what kind of got me more invested into the Vanessa character a little bit more was I wanted her to get away because yeah. I wanted her to get away from him. Yeah, yeah. Now, it all comes to the forefront when, you know, after the, they've had the moment in the restaurant and they get back into the car, to the forefront when, you know, after the, they've had the moment in the restaurant and they get back into the car... And she's like, you can just let me out right now. Let me out. Or he and questions her, doesn't he? Yeah, she, she he questions her to the boiling point, And that's when she realizes that her door handle is missing from the car. Yeah. And he waves it at her. Like, yeah, yeah you ain't going yeah. out. And, you know, and, and a part of my brain just went, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You've been in the car for how long? Yeah. And you didn't notice it. No. You at one point got out of the car to go to the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. I, did you at one point got out of the car to go to the restaurant? Yeah. I, did you did, did did he let you out? Did you get out his side, did or he? did he only do it when you got back from the restaurant? But at the yeah, same time, I'm like, I, it's just something there that just makes me go, oh, she probably could have should have noticed that. But brain, it's fine. We'll carry on. This is a girl who couldn't read cat drinks milk at the beginning, and you want her to spot the fact that a guy is taking a car door handle off. Well, drink. I, I I I want to go out on a limb and say that the film didn't make a mistake 
Because yeah. if it did make a mistake, it's a pretty big glaring one. I like to think that this Vanessa character is much, much smarter than she's letting on. She because is. Because yeah, yeah. later on, she goes into a restaurant on her own. And she looks at the menu and she orders everything that she wants and puts the menu back down. And I'm like, so she can read. I'm like, did, did the filmmakers totally forget that? Or is that the film telling us she's a hell of a lot smarter she, than she's pretending to be? I, so I, the film doesn't well, he, answer it. Well, well, in, in, a, in a weird way, Kiefer Sutherland actually does bring that up at one point when he's questioning Vanessa where he, he, he fucking bad mouths her. Like, I don't know if I'm, I'm able to repeat some of the stuff that they say to each other. But it's also the way that he says to her, like, you try to use your position to get people into a particular place so that you can take um, advantage, advantage of them. Of but them. she's not even aware that she's doing yeah, it. Yeah. Because he considers her trash people. Yeah, yeah. And he, he pulls out this razor blade. And like I said, we he's, he's, he's not actually said he's the killer, but the way he's looked and smirked that you're like, yeah, he is. And he talks about what he's going to do to her body after she's dead. Are you gonna fuck me when I'm dead? <laughs> Mister, I'm a person. I'm a human being. Yeah, like that drug addict fucking whore of a mother of yours. And you're like, what the fuck? You know, this is this is the girl from Legally Blonde, and she's arguing with fucking the guy from Lost Boys about him trying to fuck her dead corpse. Like, we're going with that, and she whips out the gun that Chopper had given her and she takes him hostage. Now you know he's playing her this whole time about being upset and wants forgiveness and it was a dark, dark spot. Don't know what came over oh, me. Like, something dark. She's like, pretty dark, mister, considering what you were going to do to my corpse. That's it. Yeah, it was fucking brilliant. Like I, wanted, like, I wanted her to shoot him. And then when she pulls him up into a little quiet spot and pulls the trigger, I'm like... Oh, fuck. Yeah, no, I was so surprised. I was like, oh, wait, he's still alive. He's gargling and bleeding, and he walks out of the car and falls down. And I was just like, I honestly thought this was the whole movie now. <laughs> yeah. Them two in the car, the hostage, power play, the dynamic. And it's like, no, she fucking shot him there and then. Yeah. But he's not dead yet. Oh, wait, no, she just shot him like eight more times. Oh, it was fucking brilliant. Talk about double tapping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Ah! Well, she killed him. She she flips his corpse over, robs him, and He's then steals gargling. his car. He's still, still gargling on the floor. If you listen to it, and what like when she shot him like a couple of times in the back, I'm like, oh, he could survive that. But then she puts the gun to his back and fired through, and I'm like, oh, that motherfucker dead. Right. Like he gotta be dead now. And when he's still gargling, I'm like. Holy shit movie, like, every, like what Gary said, like, it shocks you with one thing and then it elevates in the next sequence and the next sequence to the point where him lying on the floor bleeding and she getting in the car, I'm like, okay, that's a good thing, but she totally robbed him and yeah, he he's a murderer, but like, where are we going to go with this? And when he stumbles into the, like, the two sequences together were two of the funniest sequences I saw where she stumbles into a restaurant. And she's got blood all over her face and her hands because in the dark she couldn't see what she was doing. And she orders her food and she says to the waitress like, oh, have you got a restroom? And she goes to wash up. Well, it cuts to the hospital and Bob stumbles into the hospital in a, a first person POV shot, looks at this nurse, scares the shit out of her. 
first person POV shot, looks at this nurse, scares the shit out of her, and when she looks at him, he's just bleeding all over the place. He's like, oh, the crap. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. <laughs> now the special effects here on, on on Bob, his mutilated face, I was like, that looks pretty horrific. And yeah. we do get to see the stages of Bob now throughout the rest of the film. I just want to say that the makeup the special effects done on Bob was done by John Carl Beekler, yeah. who we've talked about many, many times in the horror genre, creating some awesome practical gore effects. And the effects he's done here, I think, are so yes. realistic as well. But they're, they're, they're horrific and but believable. But but funny as well. Yes, like, it's that fine line. He he's managed to capture Bob in like a weird grin and. There was a shot where Kiefer Sutherland been driving in the car, and when she mentioned the Zeta Killer, he does kind of smirk to her. So now he's got this stuck on his smirk, face, and he's got that headgear on, and he can't. He, he's slurping all the time, and he's got a voice box to speak through. He's got his wife Mimi there, played by Brooke Shields, who I believe farted on the set of Blue Lagoon, <laughs> and she is like so upset you know she's on at the two detectives like you have to find her you need to arrest her you know my husband's like a pillar of society all the help that he does and you're like you know he's a sick psychopathic bastard so you're like you're kind of wanting the cops to ca uh, get all the evidence but when they question vanessa you know we, you know we've got these two detectives and you know dan hadea's detective is he doesn't do it at first, but he's the veteran cop who kind of doesn't believe it's all Vanessa. And then you've got Detective Breer, who, you know, it, he hasn't got the tact yet. You know, he is still a bit more kind of cold and a bit more brutal when it comes to obviously questioning and witnesses and stuff. But him and Vanessa going at it in the interrogation room. Wow. Well, he definitely pushes some of her buttons and she reacts violently as we've seen now throughout most of her screen time. That is the way she reacts. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it, it's probably one of my favourite scenes in the film. Not not so much the dramatic outburst, but just Reese Witherspoon sat in the chair answering these questions. I just thought that was one of her best performances in the film. Man, uh, she had me in fucking stitches in the in the courtroom. In the courtroom when, when Bob gets oh wheeled in. Oh my god. Is I that was... you, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> she comes back, you got hit with the ugly stick. Is that you, Bob? I, I, I can't believe such a teeny wee little gun makes such a big mess out of someone. You out of your mind? And hey, I heard you have one of them big poop bags that's like attached to your body and all your shit comes out like lands in it. You just a big old shit bag, ain't you, Bob? Like it got to the, like I said, when the film first started, I was just like, is this voice going to stick with me? But as, as we're getting through the movie, you know, like, like Gary said, you feel sympathetic to Vanessa and you feel for Reese Witherspoon and her emotional outbursts are all justified you know but she's it's so confusing at this point because i'm like man now i feel sorry for Kiefer Sutherland and i hate this girl fuck him no he's a <laughs> yes i know he is but that's what this film's doing murderer no no i did not feel sorry for him i was so like like i was wanting the cops to find everything so you know she gets she gets sent to jail um and i thought it was brilliant you know that we'd had we'd had the guy from howling for in this and the judge in this scene would go on to become the the old lady from drag me to hell which if you haven't seen is a fucking scary movie and she just says to vanessa like you're well they they can't try her as an adult yet yeah so she's got to go to juvenile hall 
And so she goes to this juvenile hall and she gets shown this, uh, her cot where she's going to sleep. And her bedside partner is Rhonda, played by the fucking amazing Brittany Murphy. Who adds just a yet another level of crazy yeah. <laughs> to this whole mix. Like, at first, I wasn't too sure about the things on her face. I was like, are those just worms that you put on your face or are those scars? You know, and then I realized they're, they're scars. And she's... There was this really awkward situation um, later on, but this first welcome, you know, they're talking about, obviously, you know, why she's in there, why Vanessa's there. And you have Mesquita, who is this spanish latino top dog of the prison she starts walking over with like three of her bodyguards and ronda basically breaks it down to vanessa like look there's three of them but you only really have to worry about one and so mosquito walks over and kind of just notices vanessa and vanessa beats the shit out of her She grabs the telephone receiver and just smacks her across the face several times. Oh, man. And again, when we see her later on with the bandages all over her face, her nose all exploded open. She's like, damn, Vanessa, you're violent. (laughs) Well, was she justified? She was going to have to fight. It's prison. She take down the top dog. Well, this is it. And when she gets sent to solitary confinement, Vanessa is in there and she starts fashioning a weapon because she wants to escape. She wants to go to grandma's house. She starts melting down the foil on the toothbrush and sharpening it. it up and getting it ready for her grand escape. I was, I was really glad that the movie kind of kept that uh, part of the story because I I had kind of forgotten where we were going with Vanessa. You know, it just become like a, a teen TV drama at this point. A young girl lost her family, has ended up in jail. And she, you know, what's going to happen to her? But in my mind, I'm like, no, she's got to go to grandma's house. In jail, and she, you know what's going to happen to her but in my mind I'm like no she's got to go to grandma's house there's <laughs> a big was... bad wolf out there but we keep coming back to the big bad wolf yeah. like Bob now he's become like a TV celebrity you know yeah. he's on all the news channels all the talk shows him and his wife playing the victim card and like oh this this girl she shouldn't be tried as a child she should be trialed as an adult and sentenced to life in prison and all the sob stories and the recovery story of Bob and how he you know can no longer get an erection which of course <laughs> Vanessa will use against him. Also, all the wonderful letters that we received from across the country. My dick may not function, but I have not lost my smile. It's it's at this point as well that the cops are, you know, they've been interrogating people who have known Vanessa and they and these people have said, look, Vanessa's a really nice person, but she'll go off the handle if like you you mess with her. They went to uh, her high school and yeah. that's when they realised that she was engaged to, to Chopper. Her. Yeah. And that's when Breer, uh, Detective Breer goes and follows up some of the things that she said by going to the crime scene and he finds the lock of hair that yeah. was cut and that's when he realises, okay, maybe this girl that we've been, you know, and that's when he realises, okay, maybe this girl that we've been, you know, all like, accusing of just being a troublemaker. Yeah. There might be some truth behind it. And they go to Bob's house while while Mimi's in and they they show her the search warrant, they start looking around and he goes out to the shed outside and it's just porn. Shit tons of porn. And I don't know what why the movie did this, but I laughed, right? There's there's porn all falls out and 
they, they've discovered that there might be children's bones underneath the shed so that the boys that he's been working with, he may have murdered, you know, and he's got pictures of obviously the women that he stabbed. And Mimi is completely freaked out and upset and Brooke Shields runs up the stairs and blows her fucking brains out. And so you follow the camera up the stairs to see her bloody corpse. When Bob drives down to the house, all the cops out the front are reading porn magazines. Yeah. I laugh. <laughs> I'm like, is that supposed to be funny? I've just had all this darkness and then... Yeah. Well, I mean, when the film released originally um, in the UK, I think there was like seven seconds of cut material and all of the porn flying out was, was what was cut because I believe... Like, I don't want to pause the image or anything, <laughs> right, right, yeah. um, but I believe it was supposed to give the impression that it was child pornography. Right. I believe the thing that upset the sense of the time is that one of the magazines was toddler something or other, and that was why it was like, nope, 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 So you can understand why the film is it, it, hinting at it, but not... But that's like, it. But like, it was we, enough for Brooke Shields to blow her brains out. Yeah, yeah, like we said, some of the jokes, you're like, is that funny? Is that supposed to be there? Is it hit or miss? Because... You know, Vanessa, Mosquito, and a bunch of other of the um, prisoners are being transported. And before she left her prison, she kind of had this weird sexual moment with Rhonda. Where Rhonda was like really into into girls. Great ac acting from Brittany Murphy once again. But I was just like, what is going on, girls? And then they're traveling in the van. They stop to go toilet. And while the prisoners are in the toilet on their own... You know, Vanessa pulls out her makeshift blade, basically, that she's made. And she grabs the female leader, uh, guard leader. Who I think she was in They Live as well. Right. <laughs> she gets pulled in and gets fucking beaten the shit out of by Mosquito, which... Like, I don't know if she deserved that or it was supposed to be funny. Because we don't see her get beaten up. We just see Mosquito kind of, like, jumping on one spot covered in blood. But when Vanessa goes outside, she slashes the guard right up the chest. Exactly. That's what I'm like. Lack of, like, you know, um, sympathy now for this Vanessa character. Because she's just gone on this, like, this violent it. spree now. Like, he's, like, the guard's on the floor, like, you didn't have to kill me. And Vanessa's like, I didn't kill you. But I will if you want me to. I'm like, oh, okay. Chill. <laughs> And so she steals the bus and all the prisoners go off on this escapade across the country now while they're still heading to L.A. Well, well, they head to Mosquito's boyfriend and she hooks back up and they get Vanessa a new set of clothes, some money, a car, because Vanessa still wants to head to Grandma's house. And it's it's kind of a nice little, you know, us girls have to look after each other kind yeah, of moment. Yeah. Like, she she heads off with the gun. And I think she takes the car, but the car breaks down or she loses it because she starts pretending to be a prostitute on the street. The car breaks down or she loses it because she starts pretending to be a prostitute on the street um, to, uh, to steal another car to head to grandma's house. So she robs this guy at gunpoint. You know? Well, he did only have five dollars. He, so he did. Was, he didn't intend on paying her. He's fucking like John's. Like seriously, if you're gonna pay for sex, really <laughs> properly pay for sex. If you can't pay for sex, don't have any sex. <laughs> the one of the best scenes was one of my favorite scenes was when it flicks to the diner, and you get this waitress walking up to a table, and she says, "Excuse me, sir, there's no smoking," and it's Bob escaping from the cops, 
and Kiefer Sutherland is just there with that horrible grin on his face. His voice box. His voice box. But he's smoking and the smoke's coming up through the hole through yeah. his... And he's talking about bringing him some soup and a fucking straw. Oh, man, that sequence the was The devil great. in him then. Yeah. Exactly. Like, you know he's out for business. He's out for blood. He's... I mean, his time's up. Well, he's got the picture of Grandma. And yeah. he's got her address. And one of the craziest things... I don't know if... Uh, like. I re- and yeah. he's got her address. And one of the craziest things, I don't know if, uh, like, I re- I researched a bit of trivia for you, that her father's picture. Yeah, it's Richard Speck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm like. <laughs> it's a known mass murderer. So was it really her dad? Or was that just a story that mum told her? Is that why she ended up hooking up with Bob? You know, maybe it was destiny. I just, weird. But Bob, you know, heads to Grandma's house and Vanessa heads there as well with the guy that she's robbed in the boot of her car. <laughs> and she she fucking pulls up. She heads her car towards Grandma's house. The cops come and she walks into Grandma's house and Bob is hiding in the bed. I'm your granddaughter. I'm here to take care of you forever and ever and ever. Where are you hiding? Here, let me see. Just like the big bad wolf. Yeah, wearing grandma's, uh, you know, nightgown and, 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 and night hat. Man, I love this fucking line. Like, they're fighting. And she goes, you killed my grandma. And he's like, that's not all I did to grandma. And I'm like, ew. Oh. <laughs> because you cut the grandma. And she's like this. <laughs> like, what the fuck, movie? What the fuck? And so, yeah, they're, they're wrestling and they're fighting over the gun and trying to get the upper hand. And, you know, it's another, like, random comedy offshoot bit here as Sidney Lassick walks in playing a character called Woody. And he's just like, hey, you've, I got that extension cable that you wanted. And he gets shot. He just gets blasted. I'm like, oh, no. In the next scene, all the cops are outside. You just see him walk by holding his stomach. <laughs> She fucking they fight and he fires off every round. Like Bob is totally useless at this point. He's just getting the shit kicked out of him by Vanessa, and she grabs a cord. And he's just getting the shit kicked out of him by Vanessa, and she grabs a cord, wraps it around his neck, and just fucking strangles him there. And she stumbles out just as the cops are going in. And I did think for a moment Bob was going to come back for like one One final, (laughs) and they were going to blast him, but. They didn't. They kind of look at the room and Dan Hedaya's like, holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. And then they walk outside. They look at Vanessa. And you're taking in the moment, like, what the fuck has been going on for the like, last hour or 40 minutes? And she just goes, has anybody got a cigarette? And they all laugh. Yeah, and it cuts to a still image, doesn't yeah. it? And I was just like, wait a minute. And they all laugh. Yeah, and it cuts to a still image, doesn't yeah. it? And I was just like, wait a minute. She stole the cigarettes from Bob's pocket at one point. We know she's got a lighter from inside when she made her, her escape tool. Yeah. But we never actually see her smoke the entire film. Wow, yeah, I didn't... <laughs> what I an didn't... ending. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of prefer the ending. It would, like, instead of doing the whole, you know, the woodcutter coming in and cutting down the wolf. Like, yeah, having her do... I mean, we've, we've seen throughout the film, she's more woodcutter coming in and cutting down the wolf. Like, yeah, having her do... I mean, we've, we've seen throughout the film, she's more than capable of dealing with Bob. That, that's it. That's it. The, the ending of the movie kind of completely justified the beginning for me. Like, I... Like we said at the start, the, when you look at the movie, you're thinking, nah, it doesn't look that good. And then by the end of it, you're like, 
whoa, did I enjoy that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what were your favourite scenes from the film? Oh, man, I had quite a few. I was like, when I started to get past five favourite scenes, I'm like, yes, this movie is definitely good. The, the whole beginning with Larry, you know, I like... This is the guy from Howling 4, people. It was a fucking horrible experience. And I never thought that this guy could ever justify his acting in that movie. But him smoking a crack pipe on a sofa and watching TV with Reese Witherspoon and playing this sleazy fucking horrible stepdad. Hell yeah, it was up there with Uncle Bully. You know, that's how fucking good that acting was. I love the moment where he was sat in the car laughing his ass off. That was great. He was just laughing. I love you. I love you. Really. And he's shouting at Amanda Plummer, who Amanda Plummer was amazing as well. Like she, she'd already been warned that she was going to get hogtied. So she had this whole lovely moment with Reese Witherspoon where she was really sorry and she knew she was going to prison and she just got Reese Witherspoon back you know, after she'd been in care before. So, like, the whole first five, ten minutes of this movie builds up this horrible, horrible upbringing for this child. But it was just portrayed brilliantly by these actors. And then when they're carrying for this child. But it was just portrayed brilliantly by these actors. And then when they're carrying out and they've hogtied her legs and she's biting and screaming. Yes. The the whole acting in the car with Kiefer Sutherland, like, yeah. Like I said, the whole beginning of the movie had set up this back history. So then when Reese Witherspoon starts talking about it, you know, it was... At first, I wasn't too sure if I should believe it or not because, you know, she is just acting. But then she's acting so good that I am fully believing it. It's making me feel sympathetic for her character. And then when Bob flips it with the questions and he starts really potty mouth talking to her and calling her a bitch, the whole bit with the razor blade was horrible. I knew he had it in him. Yeah. But there was this moment where she's pulled the gun on him and put the, against his head. And she's um and ahhing what to do. And they literally, it's like, I don't know, 10 seconds, maybe 30 seconds of just quietness. He's driving and she's looking out the window like, I'm not too sure. What, yeah. What should do with it? Moments like that that are just perfect. Yeah. Yeah. The whole shooting sequence, like, Jesus wept. <laughs> he stumbles out of that car. He's bleeding profusely. She fucking shoots him a few more times, shoots him in the back, and then he's gargling on the floor. When she got down on her hands and knees and she's praying. To God. To God. Yes. <laughs> she's like, I know I've done a very bad thing, but I know he was very bad. I'll just let you sort it out, God. Okay? <laughs> yeah, I was kind of letting you tell me what to do. So I think that's okay. That was, that was just brilliant. When they go to question Bob about who shot him and they show Vanessa's picture to him and she's sticking her tongue out. And and then, obviously, you've got Mimi as well, Brooke Shields' character. Like, she really did play the kind of horrible wife. Very well. Very, very well. And so then when that all plays out, where they find the porn and then she blows her brains out, you're like... I really enjoyed that, but I'm not entirely <laughs> sure if I should. It's so dark, but so funny. Uh, and then, then my, my last two favourite sequences, like Vanessa in the courtroom when she was fucking laughing at Bob the whole time and ripping him up. In the courtroom when she was fucking laughing at Bob the whole time and ripping him up for being so ugly. It was it was really good. I like it. The, the movie grated on me because I wanted him to be on that side. I wanted him to be arrested, but I saw how it's being played out. And then on top of that, Kiefer Sutherland's uh, diner with the smoke coming out the hole in his neck. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
I, I think you've literally listed all all, all my favourite scenes oh, there was as so well. Many. Yeah, now even though I I, I um, didn't. Even though I got taken out of the movie for a little while when she breaks down and he picks her up and she gets into his car. Yeah. The I think it's the subsequent scene afterwards after the restaurant when the conversation really heats up and the, yes. the questions start to get a little bit more invasive until, you know, everything happens all the way up until she to get a little bit more invasive until, you know, everything happens all the way up until she, her shooting him. Yes. You know, all of that sequence, that, that extended moment in the film is is really, really, really good. Um, I think my, my my second favorite scene is the Reese Witherspoon scene, which is being interrogated by the two cops. Again, oh, yes. Again, because it's an extended brilliant. scene. The dialogue, the back and forth, and then, of course, the violent explosion at the end yeah. of that scene as well. Um, and then, of course, seeing uh, Sydney explosion at the end yeah. of that scene as well. Um, and then, of course, seeing uh, Sydney Lassick turn up, you know, that, that poor guy from One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest, <laughs> just turning up, bringing the extension cable, getting shot and walking off. Just like, man... Oh, not grandma! Like, ah. well, I mean, we, well, grandma never said it. Just like, man. Oh, not grandma! Like, ah. well, I mean, we, well, grandma never said anything. Yeah, true. <laughs> There's just so many, so many great memorable moments in the film that uh, I'm sure it's going to be an easy recommendation. Ian. I, I, well, I, I want to say it is, but like, I definitely really, really enjoyed myself. But at the end, once everything had played out, like, you really have to you know, give it to yourself to sit down and actually watch it all the way through and you'll be surprised. But I reckon there will be a few people who might sit there and go, oh, Matt was a bit surprised. But I reckon there will be a few people who might sit there and go, oh, Matt was a bit far. That was a bit dark. You couldn't have gone that far. Like, like we said, some of the dialogue sequences about her stepdad and the relationship, that's a bit touch and go. You know, some of the language used in the interrogation sequence, you will not see that on TV nowadays. But... You know what? Yes, Reese Witherspoon, give it a go. Yes. <laughs> I'll also be giving Freeway a massive... Yes. 